you have non-performing notes and then you have performing notes. Non-performing, you get a bigger discount because it's they haven't paid. And mm-hmm. so you buy that at a discount. Performing, that's going to pay. They paid on time. And depending on what that interest, the underlying coupon rate or the interest rate on the loan is kind of what your return is. But there's a kind of a hybrid class that a lot of investors get into. It's really what we kind of chase. And that's buying... Welcome back, everyone, to the Passive Road Retirement Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Jarrett. Our special guest today has been an active real estate investor and entrepreneur since 2002, focusing on niche of distressed mortgage notes. Since 2008, he's purchased over $1 billion in distressed notes on residential and commercial properties all across the country. He's helped thousands of real estate investors and entrepreneurs create wealth through his debt buying tactics and classes helping his students close thousands of deals. He's also the host of the nationally syndicated radio and podcast, Note Closers Show Podcast. An avid sports fan, he spends his free time traveling, gardening, and making memories. He calls Austin, Texas home. Scott Carson, thank you so much for being here. Man, Andrew, I am excited to be here, man. It's always good to talk about passive real estate investing to road to riches. I love talking about Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Making people money. Who doesn't like? I need to. I need to pull up the sound on the ching here. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Love it. Love the energy. Love it. So, so Scott, I guess for those who who aren't familiar with you, maybe you can just give a little background and how you get into note buying. And yeah, so it's it's an interesting kind of story. I like many people started off as a real estate investor back in 2000 when out of college, bought our first house, bought a couple investment properties because it was you could fog a mirror and get approved 100% <laughs> financing. Yep. And then I lost, I was laid off. They closed actually the company I worked for closed. My tenants, my two tenants got laid off from Dell computers. I live in Austin, Texas, roughly all around here. And so I find myself as a deadbeat borrower. We're trying to make a lot of six mortgage payments on a private school teacher's salary. Uh-huh. Did anything I could to get my assets out of sling. We sold off the two investment properties. And then for about you know, for a couple of years, I was licking my wounds, you know, figured, okay, there's that try. Whoopie doo, I'm a great <laughs> investor, you know. <laughs> I know everything. You know, I grew up in a small town and I thought I could repair anything, fix anything. But, uh, and then of course we love those fictional TV shows, HGTV offers up. You know oh yeah. I mean? yep. Makes it look so okay. easy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, fast forward to 2004, I had a buddy of mine who was starting a mortgage company, a couple of investors, and uh, they were traveling the country teaching creative financing to these big expos, the Ronald Grand circuit, I guess you could say we were on. And oh, yeah. mm-hmm. for four years while I was doing mortgages, I learned all the correct ways to do real estate. I was actually coachable and and learning from a lot of the great folks that out there and then learned the note business from uh, Bob and Jamie, who were my mentors, Bob Leonetti and Jimmy Kayla. And then when everything hit the fan in 2008, I I left the origination side and then started buying uh, non-performing notes because God knows we had plenty of them in 2008 and beyond, right? Right. And so that's what I did. I just started calling banks, started getting lists sent to me uh, of their non-performing stuff. Um, I, I actually started off buying commercial notes first versus residential oh, really? notes in a lot of case because I was seeing that first versus the the residential kind of very similar to what's going on in the market right now, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. But I was buying like I bought a 20 unit apartment complex note. I bought a uh, wholesale to 16 unit for hundred thousand dollar profit, bought a, oh. an eight unit to six units, another 21, a 71 unit uh, hotel that had been converted to apartment complex. We bought the debt at a huge discount and then that's what I fell in love with the note business. Cause I was like, man, I'm seeing deals way ahead of everybody at great discounts. And you know, that's blossomed now that we've, like you say, closed over a billion dollars in debt. 
Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's been an amazing ride. And I really believe, based on things that we see in the note business, that the next 24 to 36 months are going to be a phenomenal time. If sure. you're, uh, you know, with everything going on in the market, I know a lot of investors are looking for deals. And, um, you know, a lot of the markets have been overpriced, you know, right. to say lightly. <laughs> yeah. And we're seeing those corrections going on right now. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. Now, you had mentioned before, um, you're looking at distressed hotel debt as well. Uh, maybe you can you know, give us a little insight on what, what you're looking at, what kind of discounts you think might be coming. And so, so that's a great question because, you know, I know your audience is big in the, in the multifamily or syndications and performing stuff. So that's, everybody calls me, have you got any apartment debt? And, uh, <laughs> right. and I, I wish I could say yes, but it's really the over, most overpriced asset because the banks know that. But there mm-hmm. are some, you know, mutations to that kind of debt class. A student housing in some parts of the country is still distressed. Right. Depend on where, and that's a great play for the multifamily space. Motels, your non kind of flag national chains um, are great opportunities to come in, pick that up, and then either operate it as a hotel if you bought it cheap enough or pivot it into transitional housing or multifamilies. We've got a couple of our students that are doing that one in Gettysburg, converting a 55 unit hotel into an apartment complex. Oh, wow. You know, another one in um, Baltimore taking a 70 unit and converting it to a uh, an apartment. Closet. And basically, all they're doing is going in and putting, you know, hot plates and small, you know, um, yeah. you know, you, kitchen kitchenettes in these places because they're basically all set up already for everything else. So it's not it's a lot of rehab, basically, right? It, yeah, exactly. Efficiencies, yeah. but that's you know, it's it's. It, I think that's where a lot of communities are lacking is the, the affordable housing, and in, right. in some cases. The cities are even helping the investors out because there's such a big need for it, whether it's oh, wow. putting homeless into it or they're, you know, leasing the whole space. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've seen some of that. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's a different animal on the debt side. You don't necessarily own the property. You've got to go through the legal process or, or get the borrowers to sign the property over like a deed in lieu or a, a cash for keys or consent to judgment or you foreclose or you, you know, give somebody to walk. Sure. Uh, and then you get, so it's a little bit long, longer process than that, but it can, the fact that we're seeing a lot of opportunities in that and the, and the pricing is cheaper than what you would do to, to buy a traditional piece of property. I mean, we don't usually pay above 70% of as is value. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And, and, and in a distressed asset, that's usually well below and it doesn't take too much to, to regentrify these assets to get back, back to work. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah. So do you are you actually negotiating with the banks as well for more of a discount or? Oh hell yeah, man! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's and that's the thing. It's really, I mean, it, it's her miss of the commercial side, mm-hmm. and because you may get the financials, you may not get the financials. It all depends on how friendly the borrower is. So if you're not getting the financials, then you get a bit of play of a bit of a Sherlock Holmes. I mean, regentrifying an asset, you're going to have your own kind of parameters anyway to to operate that. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're dealing directly with the banks, and that's what really is nice in a lot of cases, because um, you're dealing directly with the decision maker. They can tell you exactly what happened. You know, they've got financials from a previous year or two. Um, you're seeing the servicing records and what's going on uh, mm-hmm. with the aspect. And the banks want to move the stuff off their books because with everything that's happened over the last two, three years, especially this time around compared to 15 years ago, the banks, most more of the banks finance than the smaller balance stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's a... Anything below five million is an opportunity for the most part, because anything above five million, Wall Street's trying to gobble up, because that's really their their minimum hurdle right for a deal. Right. Whereas we all know, depending on what part of the country is, you can pick up an asset well below two million, a million bucks, 
Yeah. And in, in some cases, depending on how distressed the debt is and what the bank's portfolio looks like, the bank may even be willing to carry financing on that distressed debt. Really? Wow. To help to not lose a million dollar loan off their portfolio mm-hmm. where, they, where they now can replace a non-performing note with a performing note. And yep. it, it really changes up their, um, their balance sheets. Yeah. Win-win for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing too, I, I think a lot of people that get into it, they're like, well, I don't have a lot of experience. Really the banks don't give a rat's ass about you if you've got a team. Okay. Yeah. And so we've seen that's one of the things that we've been, you know, working on. Like I, I don't have experience running a hotel, but I know people that do. So they're part of our, our management or our mm-hmm. team. You know, and, and I'm not making 100% of the profits, but I'm making a nice fraction of that, which works right. out really, really well. And it's, it's yeah. a, you know, that's, that's the opportunity for everybody involved. Now, is there any like uh, net worth requirements or liquidity requirements? Uh, like in multifamily, you have to have certain requirements to do the deals. Anything like that? Or as long as... Not, not in the debt space, not in yeah. buying the note. If you can come to the table. Now, if you're, if you're bringing money to the table and you're taking over the... I guess you could say the problem child of the bank. <laughs> right. um, they're just like, is your is the wire going to hit and stay? You know, yeah. is it true, okay. true wire? Mm-hmm. But if they, you know if they're going to carry financing, and it's more of an REO, pre REO, they're the kind of movie. Yeah, they're going to ask and say, okay, you've got so many months of payments, and what's your plan for the asset, and what's your turnaround time, and the fact that they've owned that asset, they know how friendly that borrower is. They know exactly kind of most of the time they know what they've got in their books. <laughs> um, you'd be you'd be surprised. Like I'll, I'll give you a great example. Um, this goes back a little bit, but like Capital One um, mm-hmm. sent me a list of a, a 33 page PDF of every one of their sub million dollar really? loan balances, and it was all like six point font. So you can imagine how packed it was. Okay, yeah. they send me this list, and I'm looking through it. And there's one in Miami, Florida, a 73 unit apartment complex. I was like, oh, I like Miami, Viva La Miami. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I called my agent up. And I'm like, listen, can you drive by this property, take some photos for me so I can get a bid in? So he drives by and comes back and he's laughing when he gets on the phone. He's like, dude, this is the biggest crack house I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like crack, it was like crack house Vogue. You know, they were all striking a pose, you know, hiding. You know, like a scene at a Dave a Chappelle show. So I send them, I get the photos, I, I laugh. So I send them the ask manager and no later than like 15 minutes, I'll get a phone call from Capital One, my ask manager there. And I can hear everybody in the background laughing at these photos. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's a piece of crap. We, we thought it might be, but they're out of New York. You know, she, they had no clue. She's like, what do we have to pay you to take this asset over? I was like, no, there's not enough. You know right, yeah. I mean? <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 that's the great. Sometimes I know, sometimes I don't know. And that works in your favor by being mm-hmm. able to find it. And, you know, we see, that's the beautiful thing about the note business is that we see stuff all across the country. And right. some people get very tied into the real estate. Oh, I just want to invest locally. Well, if you're in a, a market like California that's overpriced or you're in a state like New York that takes forever to foreclose, you may not want to be right. investing. You may want to look for other opportunities. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about what's so great about this market compared to 15 years ago is there's more resources, there's more vendors and, and, and more of an easier, it's easier to build a network of people to help you with your due diligence more than anything else. Yeah. 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 I agree with New York. I've had to foreclose up there before. It's not fun. <laughs> Dude, when you got to hire an attorney to talk to an attorney to have an attorney, yeah, it's exactly. not fun. Man. No, oh. not at all. Not at uh, all. <laughs> and, and here's the thing too. I, I, I'm saying I got a portfolio of apartment loans, like anywhere from like a six unit to like a hundred units. Mm-hmm. And the seller's wanting 70 cents on the dollar, 
to sell them. Nobody bought it because they're like, that's great, but nobody's going to pay us yeah, for exactly. years. <laughs> the tenants don't even have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Those tenants have figured out the game, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. You know, pay, you still stay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and definitely at this point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good times. We've got uh, so a lot of our listeners, you know, they like to know what is for somebody just starting out, maybe they have a W9 or, you know, what would be your top strategy for creating their first passive income stream? Ooh, that's great. So you got to look at your risk and what you're comfortable with more than anything else. And if you're passive, you don't want to have probably a lot of risk. So there's a couple of things like in, in our space, there's you have non-performing notes and then you have performing notes. Non-performing, you get a bigger discount because it's they haven't paid. And so mm-hmm. you buy that at a discount. Performing, that's going to pay. They paid on time. And depending on what that interest, the underlying coupon rate or the interest rate on the loan is kind of what your return is. But there's a kind of a hybrid class that a lot of investors get into. It's really what we kind of chase. And that's buying the non-performing and getting the bar back on track. Yeah. Because if you, let's, I'll give you, let's get a great example. Let's say a $100,000 house. They owe 110. The interest rate's 5%. They haven't paid in a year. Mm-hmm. We maybe will pay fifty cents on the dollar of value. Not they owe more than the house is worth. Right. So we'll pay fifty grand. Well, if it's at a five percent interest rate, that's now like a ten to ten point two, ten point three percent return on investment for us if we get them back on track. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do as no investors. We buy non-performing, get them back on track, and then we'll turn around to sell it at eighty to ninety cents on the dollar back to the market or to other investors. That would be a good yield at that point to somebody. Okay. So that's a that's a great way. I mean, it depends on what you're looking for. Money's making zero, or it's in mm-hmm. a uh, you know a certificate of disappointment. You know, making point. <laughs> right. You know, or you got a zero zero one or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you, you got a four hundred one k that's a now one hundred one k. That's a great way to put something in performing. There's servicers to collect for you. You might pay twenty twenty five dollars a month for a third party servicer to collect your monthly mortgage payment and handle the statements. That's it's well worth it. But that's where I would look at. I mean, most people think you get in the note space and then we've been talking about commercial. Oh, you got to have millions of dollars mm-hmm. to dive into it. And that, that's not the case. Um, we've seen a, a, actually a big influx of apartment investors that got 50 grand or 100 grand. And it's not enough to take down a prop, you know, a, an apartment, but it's something they can buy a non-performing note or two or three or a performing note that was once non-performing that they're getting a, you know, an 8 to 12% return on their money passively. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the if you got some money you want to dive into it, great. It's 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 a different asset class. Just like if you're buying an apartment versus a self storage or a hotel, you mm-hmm. really need to know what's going on. Because um, a lot of people, oh hey, I'm gonna I can't find a fix and flip. I'm gonna buy a note and I'm gonna value. You can't value it like you're buying a piece of real estate. You got to uh, evaluate like it's a a, a, a pre performing or non performing note, and it's a whole different asset class. Like you may not end up ever with a property. Yeah. Which is which is which, which is good. Yeah, you want the payments, right? <laughs> exactly. And yeah. everybody here's the thing too. Everybody's everybody's already in the note business. They're just on mm-hmm. the wrong side of the payments. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So so you gotta you gotta realize that. But that's there's opportunity out there. I mean, we have these once every 10. You know, if you think back before 2008, you had the late 80s with the savings and loan scandals and the huge yep. amount of that. It's just kind of the market correcting itself. Uh I, I always say, look, if you don't have at least 20% equity in your deal, whether it's residential, commercial, mm-hmm. you, you might want to start looking because if the market does go further south, like it is in other areas, you may not be in the black anymore. You may be in the red. And yeah. especially as, as apartment syndicators, 
you know, the banks don't want to be above 60% LTV. And if you've had tenants that aren't paying, then your, you know, your net operating income is reduced, your cap rates reduced, your values reduced. Yep. And while that may be a bad thing for you, it's also an opportunity because your competitor may be doing the same thing and it's an opportunity for you to pick up some of those assets. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Now, for somebody that starts out, maybe they don't have any money at all or just a few thousand maybe. Can they do any kind of wholesaling like they can on real oh, estate? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you can. You, oh, yeah, you can wholesale it all day long, like a piece mm-hmm. of property. It's all about getting it under contract and then selling it off to somebody that'll pay you a flat fee or a percentage. I mean, yep. we've had wholesaling fees on our side from five hundred to one hundred grand, which is not a bad day. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, here's the biggest thing though: if you're going to wholesale, to be a good wholesale, you've got to market. You market in the deal, you know, in the deal, you're doing the due diligence, and then you're sharing it. Mm-hmm. We have always found that if you change a couple words in your marketing or the mindset, instead of wholesaling it and looking just to get a little bit, realizing that your wholesale buyers are also great funding partners. True. And staying involved for half or staying paying them an 8 to 12% return to fund your deal, there's a ton of private money sitting out there that those folks would rather write a check and get an interest rate versus do the work themselves. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, if you're wholesaling, yes, you can do that, get started, but you're leaving a lot of money on the table for just flipping. Exactly. Generational wealth. I mean, <laughs> that's well, that's the thing. Keep everything, right? <laughs> it's it's that whole aspect, and you know this with your show and everything like that, is passive income. If you just wholesale, you make a check once, whereas right. monthly, you'd rather that's have cool. something monthly. Mm-hmm. And as John Gibbon said in The Gambler, have F you money, man. Right. You know I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't drop the F-bomb, buddy. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's funny. So, Now, Scott, if you could go back in time, right, to your 18-year-old self, knowing what you know now, especially, what would you tell that that young man or what would you change, you think? Man, 18. So you've got to set the, we got to set the, uh, the, the image of the time frame. At 18, I was, I had a full academic and athletic scholarship to play college football. Oh, wow. So I was, I was smart. I was a smart jock, basically. <laughs> but I, I, my dad was a look, my mom and dad were, were entrepreneurs. My mom, dad was an entrepreneur until he passed. Um, oh, okay. The hardware store, stuff like that. It's, the thing is, I think is be, be coachable. I think one of the biggest mistakes I made in real estate was just jumping in thinking I knew everything. Yeah. That mm-hmm. kind of thick headed all, oh, you can't te- teach me anything. I, you know, I, you know, these days, I listen to podcasts or YouTube. Well, that's great. <laughs> yeah, back then, right? <laughs> but back then, they didn't exist. But yeah, these, it's the same thing. They look, get coachable. Uh, surround yourself with like-minded people. Get rid of the the Debbie Downers if you can. You know, there's plenty yeah. of the, especially in today's world, there's so many negative people out there that are just a-holes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's <laughs> they're always something bad going on. So surround yourself with like-minded people. You will go faster. As 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 uh, Coach PJ Fleck from the Minnesota Gophers likes to say, "Universe misses, row your boat in the same direction. You'll get there faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll accomplish a whole lot more." And I think I did a lot of things on my own early on when I should have done looked for a group and been more coachable. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I don't even not even watch the news anymore if I if I can help it. You know, it's just too depressing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it it totally is, and it's all. It, and if you look at everything, it's all the same thing. They're not really paid to. To provide to provide their de- definition or their outlook on the news, not a, mm-hmm. a non biased thing. So, yeah, I, I read a little bit from USA Today, a little bit from CN, a little bit from Fox. Going to make sure you know, okay, then I make my own opinion that the truth is somewhere in the right. middle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or far to the other side, who knows? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> These days, but so now every you've been investing for a long time. Uh, so every investor usually has one deal or several that don't go 
uh, as planned. Maybe you could kind of speak to that one deal that didn't go as you thought it would and, and what you learned from it. You know, I, I'm going to throw something that had happened recently mm-hmm. is we had a, a, a couple deals that drug on a lot longer than expected, obviously, with COVID. Okay. You know, we mm-hmm. couldn't foreclose, we couldn't evict, and we're sitting in a holding pattern. We're just now getting to the point where we're able to regress with that. Yeah, you know, the beautiful thing is we bought those assets cheap enough that the, that we were able to, if we need to, we refinanced out our one investor's money with somebody else's, so they were interested in being in a longer process. Uh, the beautiful thing about notes is usually buying them cheap enough that if you got to dump them, you can dump them and still come out spending okay. But that's real estate isn't about every deal going straight. And if you're talking to investors who's never had a bad deal, we know they're not really they, they're a one investor kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. But the thing is, you, you can't. Well, the thing that always kept us on the look, we're doing deals on a constant basis. If you have a couple of deals that go south, how you make it up with other deals mm-hmm. and, and go from there. And the worst thing that you can do as a real estate investor if you're in a bad deal is, is first of all, not talk to your mentors, pick up the phone and call them. Right. Because they can help you. And secondly, keep doing deals because you can always listen. I'm going to just trying to close this deal out, Mr. Investor. I'm getting you back all if not or a, a bunch of your money or whatever it is. Right. I'm going to put you on this other deal to make things happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 we've got a deal right now. It's a phenomenal deal. I mean, we're going to come out smelling like roses on this thing, but it's taken six, six plus months longer than we expected. And communication is when the key the investor, he's like, no, yeah. I'm fine. Thank you for the communication. We set our expectations for July. Well, it's going to be January. Mm-hmm. Okay. It happens. The beautiful thing is the the property's appreciate another two hundred grand in that time frame. So, okay, we'll <laughs> take the two hundred right? grand. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But the but the big key is is don't get down on yourself. Pick up the phone, talk to your mentors. Because look, everybody's gone through it. Right. Um. You know, this is why it's also I think so important to evaluate your investors too. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think it's just a one way. Oh, the investors evaluating you as the operator or the person or the funders. You need to, in today's crazy social media world, you've got to, how are people talking when they've had a deal go south? Are they suing, sue happy? Are they, mm-hmm. let's get on Facebook and vent everything. Right. You know, exactly. that, it's important to do that. So I think NDAs inside of your agreements are one of the most important things you may have. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's a good point. And like I said, communication is key. You know, if something's going wrong, don't hide, you know, just be yeah. upfront and, and disclose everything. I think that's yeah, it. And you know what? You're not going to make everybody happy, but you've got right. to stick stick to your guns and go from there. I mean, you're, it, that's why asset protection is so important to LLCs, having a good attorney. Because mm-hmm. at some point, you're going to get sued. I mean, you could give, do all everything right and a deal still goes south. Yep. Or you, you know, somebody thinks you're going to get 12% and you give them 11 and a half and they get upset for that half. <laughs> exactly. Right. I, I had, an, I had, a, I get, again, I had a deal, two deals in, in Miami down in Cape, uh, Coral Gables, these two mm. notes on, um, um, two condos in uh, the David Williams hotel historic day. And we bought them cheap enough. And then we had an, an attorney reach out to us. Hey, I live in the building. I want to buy these two from you. And we agreed upon a price. Well, I couldn't find the collateral files. I was looked everywhere in my office and reached out my servicing. The files weren't there. I, I never collected a dollar from the guy. And I communicated back to him. Over, I was like, listen, I can't find these. I can't close this deal with you. So I'm canceling the contract. And he's like, Oh, I know you're selling them to somebody else. You're going to like, no, <laughs> Three months goes by, I show up in Miami and I get served. What? And I'm like, what? And I look at it, he was suing me for the 90 grand in lost profits he never oh, got. God. And I'm like, really? Okay, wow. great. My, my attorney takes in and gets kicked out of court immediately because the judge <laughs> just looked at the guy 
Oh, I so don't you're know. Sued, you got, <laughs> he never collected a dollar from you, and he communicated that he didn't have the files and everything like that. Well, right. I think he did that. Well, it got kicked out. So don't don't be afraid. Sometimes a lot of times lawsuits can be settled or negotiated with, but mm-hmm. make sure you don't, especially in syndication stuff. Make <laughs> yeah. sure you, you pay for your good attorneys. Even in fantasy world, uh, profits, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, but some people, but that's the crazy world that we live in these days. Right. Everybody thinks they're entitled to something. You're not yep. entitled. It's exactly. an investment, not a guarantee. Exactly. So. Yep, hundred percent. So, Scott, if there was one thing, one takeaway for the audience to absorb from this episode, what do you think that would be? Well, go buy notes would be the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, people compare me to, if you ever watch a great movie, if you need a little bit, is watching The Big Short out there. The I Big love Short. that movie. Mm-hmm. I am like the Christian Bale character with the good, with both good eyes. Okay. <laughs> right. But I'm usually in shorts and a t shirt most days. And that's kind of what we do on, on a much smaller scale. But the biggest thing mm-hmm. is look for opportunities. We all know markets are changing on a regular basis. Yep. And if you're in an asset class that's getting overpriced or in a market that's doing anything, you got to learn to pivot. And the best thing you can do is reach out to professionals or other people. Hey, what are you doing? Or where do you see the opportunities going? Don't trust what the media is telling you because everybody's all the market's great and keep going up. They're all, all your realtors are looking at the last month or last quarter. They're not looking yeah, forward. Mm-hmm. So you got to really know your numbers and, and go on. But hey, reach out. Look, there's opportunities everywhere we look. Um, and that's the thing is you're in the debt business. You might as well be on the payment stream side versus yeah. the paying outside. I like it. I like it. So if anybody's interested in learning more about notes, uh, Scott hosts a weekend course, uh, www.noteweekend.com. He's been very generous and waived the access fee for our listeners. If you use code PRTR, uh, you can get the Saturday class and the replays and over $1,000 in bonuses. I don't know if you want to go into any more detail on that about what people can expect or... For free, you know, it's, right, exactly. Can't you know, that. no, and it's 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 the Cliff Notes version of note investing. If you want to learn note investing or learn more about this asset class without having a big investment, it's a great, uh, great starting point. Dip your toe in the water. It's me teaching me teaching for around six to seven hours. We go through how to find deals, wow. how we fund them, and then the different ways to make money or flipping our exit strategies with it. Um, you know, we teach this monthly. So if you can't make it one month, you can always bump to the next month, but it's uh, it's designed to give you a good broad overband. You're not going to learn everything about notes mm-hmm. in one day, but it's a, it's a great way for you to kind of get the feet wet. And uh, I love what you're doing. So that's why we're glad to, to offer it up at no cost. But like I said, if you go yeah, to note, week, noteweekend.com, code is PRTR. That's all caps, PRTR. You'll get in for free. Awesome. And before we get into our five to thrive, if people want to reach out and learn more about you or, or you know, get access to you, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, you can go to the website, weclosenotes.com. That's the mothership that's got a, uh, about our podcasts, our webinars, our teaching and other deal flow. You can always schedule a call with me um, by going to talkwithscottcarson.com. That's talkwithscottcarson.com. That'll take you directly to my schedule. I'm always glad to you know, spend 30, 40 minutes with somebody, letting them pick my brain or Asking if notes down. Notes are not for everybody. I'll be the first person to say, hey, you're not a fit or you might be mm-hmm. a fit or here's how to kind of depend on what your experience is because everybody's different. But yeah, feel free to reach out to me that way. Talk with scottcarson.com. I'm always glad to talk and talk real estate. Great. All right. So now we're getting into our five to thrive, which is more of a word association game. So it's just all rapid fire five words and just uh, respond with the first word or phrase that comes okay. to your mind. All righty. Only, only rule is you can't repeat your answer twice. Okay. All right. All right. 
That's good. All right, here we go. So the first one is wealth. Success. Mm-hmm. Financial freedom. <laughs> Travel. Ah, I like it. Attitude. Um, bulldog. Investing. Freedom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we close notes. The number one investor recommended website for note investing. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about, I think it's, it's all, I, we enjoy traveling. And I think the, yeah. the best thing, and we all are working for something out there, right? Whether right. it's retiring yourself, your spouse, your family, putting your kids through school, or just having a better way of life. And one of the things that I think success is divine in everybody's own, success means something to you differently than it means to me. Right, and I, and I love these questions that you ask every time. Um, somebody making twenty five hundred dollars a month on passively can be retire themselves versus somebody making ten thousand. All depends on what right. your overhead is and things like that. And, that's, and we always look at mm-hmm. exactly your lifestyle is all depend on what you do. Uh, yeah. I got a buddy that loves Bud Light and ramen noodles, so his overhead <laughs> costs are, are right. cheap. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, then I got to retire and drink Bud Light and eat ramen noodles all day. And he's happy. More power to him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah a big <laughs> night out is a. 12 pack of hot dogs, you know? right, yeah. but that's just, that's just his, his attitude. And that's totally fine. Yeah, and that's, that's and then I think mindset is such a big key. I think we as entrepreneurs have to have a, a thick skin yes. and a can, can do. We were talking about this beforehand before mm-hmm. recording about how it's so important that things go wrong every day. You just got to have a yep. thick skin and realize, Hey, okay, what's next or how do I fix it and, and solve the situation? And, and most of the best opportunities, I'm sure you'll agree with this have come from, mistakes or things that didn't go right the first exactly. time. That's how you learn. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. And guys, I want to throw this out here. Guys and gals, you know, Andrew's kicking ass and taking names. So, you know, one of the things we love as podcasters is for us to hear from feedback from our audience. So go, while you're listening to this, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit the five-star review and leave a five-star review. You don't have to like me, but you love Andrew. So <laughs> leave him a five-star review. We love to hear that feedback. He didn't pay me for that, but he's probably going to drop a check in the mail. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's right. Well, I appreciate it, Scott. This has been a pleasure. A lot of fun. It's same here, man. You know, that we is uh, honestly, the world is so screwed up, especially the the world in in the United States here. And I think we as entrepreneurs, we as business owners, we as real estate investors, we are the group that's going to change it and help build the, I make, I say, I make, we're making America great again, one default to borrow at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So so go out there and, and make your house, your neighborhood, your city as, as best you can. And, and, and you know, if you can help people what we're doing, that's what's so great about real estate is you make money by helping people. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. Awesome. So, all right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. 